But a few weeks ago, you taught a, a, a teaching series and you said that their, their disciples were there and they were trying yeah. to do what Jesus told them they could do, yeah. but they couldn't do it. And Jesus said, you can't accomplish that because you don't have enough faith. Right. And each of us walked away with this little mustard seed. Yeah. And when we walked away, I leave it on my desk where I can see it all the time. But I was reminded that the second week after that, we talked about the way that we gain this ability to have more faith is we have to grow in wisdom and understanding. And then we said, well, but the scriptures point to us. I mean, the Bible says, not me, not Bobby, the Bible says, if you want to gain that wisdom, understanding, yeah. and you want greater faith for this year, then you've got to enter into a time of prayer and fasting. Hmm. Now we've had all kinds of people fast different things. We were having Denny, uh, dinner the other night with the thick pins and it got time for dessert. Right? And I'm telling you, this place we ate at, the Palo, we're talking about some serious Good dessert. stuff. Yeah. And so Jenny and I are looking at that thing, we're going to go there. And you know what Rusty said? The server's standing there, and Rusty literally said, I can't, I'm fasting. And I thought, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Send it my way. Not dessert, man. Come yeah. on, help a brother out. Yeah. And uh, I figured lunch was easier for me. There you but go. But then I, never mind. So, <laughs> What I discovered though over the past few weeks is this one huge thing that we learned last, last week that we're going to really struggle to find your best year. Listen to what Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Love that, love that. This month as we've been talking about your best year, what we believe, is that God does have a best for our life. Yeah. That the one who created us, he designed us on purpose for a purpose. He knows what's best for our life. And yeah. so instead of us just trying to figure it out ourselves and trying to map it out ourselves, we've been saying, let's look in the Bible and see what God himself says in the book of Proverbs, because the book of Proverbs really is, how do you live the details of your life really well? Yeah. And today's question that we're really asking as we look at several other verses in the book of Proverbs is this question, how can I discover God's will for my yeah. life? Yeah. We hear almost every week, somebody I would ask say that almost question. Almost every appointment I have, yeah. somebody in some way enters into that discussion because all of us want a direction from God. Yeah. And yet, I, I, I really truly believe that most of us know it. Yeah. We, we just haven't figured out how to act on it. Mm, that's good. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. We're like, I yeah. want to know God's will. And then we say, I want to know God's perfect will. Yeah. And then we say, I want to be in the center of his perfect will. Yeah. And it just feels sort of overwhelming. And so the picture I want you to have today is if you could sit down with Jesus over a cup of coffee and to have a conversation, what would that be like? If you went across the street over to rushing and you're like, yeah. all right, give me a dark roast. Yeah. And you sat down with Jesus, that'd be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? First of all, I think you'd probably worship him. You'd be like, this is amazing. I would probably I would spill my coffee. And, yeah. I, but here's the coolest picture that I really want our, our congregation and folks watching online to get this concept that our teaching today really is, this is at the heart of it. Yeah. If, if I could sit across the table, like uh, from like rushing, like you said, having a cup of coffee, uh, before, before Jesus, I don't think I could order a latte. Yeah. You know, that sounds too light. Yeah, a little sissy. Yeah. Or, can I have a latte? I mean, uh -huh. you know, let me have black coffee, dark yeah. roast. You know, that's, that's right. Yeah. And then the Lord would be, I know you're a sissy, go ahead and get that anyway, right? <laughs> and, but how cool would it be to sit across the table and say, um, Jesus, I got this decision and I need to tell you about it. And Jesus looks back and says, okay, I know what it is, but can we get to the, can we get to, to the yeah. answer? 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how intimate. The great news is that's exactly what he wants us to do. And that would definitely come up in the conversation. There's a lot of things you'd probably talk about. You'd ask yeah. him a bunch of crazy things. You'd ask him, do dogs go to heaven? Because we know cats don't. You'd ask him, is there... <laughs> Sorry, Rick. We'd ask him about... Uh, Have you ever noticed there's always a cat person in the room? There is. It's like, what in the world? Yeah, we'll pray for them. Yeah. We'll have a cat support group. Who wants a cat, man? I've never seen a seeing eye cat. I've never seen a hunting cat. No. I mean, I don't know. No, no it's, let's move on. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but out of all the questions we could ask Jesus, at some point, the question we'd ask him is, how do I know your will? Yeah. Yeah. And is there something in my life, is there some direction, some decision that I need to change that yeah. would come up? Yeah. Hands down, that's yeah. an important part of the yeah. conversation. I, th I think the, uh, here's, some, here's great news for you, no matter where you're at in, in a faith life. Like if, if you're on this end of the continuum, it's like, man, I don't know God from apple butter. Over here, it's like, man, I'm in the Bible every day and I'm worshiping God all the time. And this person over here could be pretty obnoxious, you know? Uh, this person over here, it's like, hey man, welcome home. We got great news for you. Yeah. And the great news is what we need and what we hope for yeah. matters to God. Yeah. Let me just stop, let me say that again. If you're ever gonna capture a thought, I want you to capture this thought. What we need and what we hope for matters to God. Yeah. And I think some of us sometimes, Bobby, it's like, well, this is what I hope for. There's no way God would care about that because he's worried about all those starving children, you know, mm -hmm. in Africa. And what I'd say is we have a God in his sovereignty and the entire book of Proverbs in many ways is about the sovereignty of God. Do I trust that God's truly in control or am I? Mm -hmm. And I, I've just discovered that we make our decisions and then after we've made our decisions, our decisions remake us. Wow. And so if you think about it, we struggle. Here's a God that's trying to give us great wisdom and understanding. We struggle and we keep moving and we keep thinking and we keep pondering. Eventually we do something. And that decision, no matter what it is, that decision at some point comes all the way full circle and remakes who we are, what we think and what we do. That's a powerful concept. It really is. I mean, it's things like we have, we have two healthy children, should we adopt? You know, uh, we're an empty nester. Now, should we be a part of helping uh, teenagers that, that, that can't be adopted? Hmm. Uh, it's things like, is God calling me to a mission field? How could I be sure of that? Or it's like, I have a pretty good job, but I really hate it. Should, should I go search for another one? It would be so much easier if you walked outside this morning and a chorus of angels met me before I got in the truck and said, Chuck. That's pretty good. You like that? Yeah. We are calling you to be a fishing guide in Key West. It's like, where were they this morning? Where were they? I walked out and it was freezing cold. You know what I'm talking about? And I thought I needed some angels to give me a little direction today. It's like the Lord said, Chuck, everything has limits with you, buddy get in your truck, go do your job and love it. And I was like, okay, let's go. And you know, it would make us easy. But when you look at all the things in our life, all the circumstances that we have to deal with, come up with godly choices, try to make right choices. At the end of the day, I think this is, this is what we've got to grasp. All of those problems are not ours, they're his. Hmm. And you see, this is, this is kind of like you go to bed at night, and you wanna take all of the things that are messing up your life, trying to confuse you about what God wants you to do. And it's like you stuff them into a box, you close the lid and you set it on your nightstand. And, and then when you wake up, it's like my box is empty, God's taken them from me because it's really that tangible. 
It's like, God, you know all of these things. I want to confess all of this stuff to you. Now he's going to take it and do something. But the, the challenge is, like Bobby said, we're, not, we're, we're rarely, if ever, 100% sure. Yep. I mean, there are the mysteries of God that yep. we're never going to understand. Yep. I watch some of these guys preaching on TV, and they're trying to explain all the mysteries of God. I'm thinking, he doesn't have, have a clue either. Yeah. He's just making stuff up. Yeah. And I look at that, and I think, we've got to be okay that we're, we're, we're not 100% certain of everything. Hmm. Uh, I mean, you, a little later, you've got a list of some guys that were in that camp. Like, yep. I, I'm not sure, but what do I do? Yep. Well, uh, to steal your line, I want to tell you right up front, I don't believe there's any way for you to get 100% certainty before you sign on the dotted line. That's right. You know? And I think that's the thing that paralyzes so many people. Yeah. I know I've seen it in my own life where uh, we're, we're good at trusting God with eternity. God, mm. would you forgive me? But then when it comes to God's will and next steps, sometimes yeah. where you're like, man, I don't want to move until I know 100% yeah. exactly what God's will is. And the truth is you're probably never going to have 100% confidence. Right. You may not ever have 95% confidence, but don't let that paralyze you. Yeah. Don't allow that to lock you up. Don't wait for it to be perfect. See, a lot of us are wired where we fear the unknown, but throughout scripture, yeah. God invites us to take next steps. And here's what we believe today is God is far more concerned about us knowing his will than even we are. Yeah, that God that so wants good. us to discover as well. He wants us to experience his best. And what that means yeah. is God can step in to close doors and open them up. Yeah. God can take messes in our life and straighten them out. God can take uncertain moments that feel overwhelming and he can do something amazing in it. God can take even our past mistakes and he's able to reach down into them and pull yeah. something good out of them. Yeah. So we don't need 100% certainty. We don't need 100% the perfect environment. Yeah. But what God does want is he does want a willing heart. Yeah. yeah. One that says, God, I am open. God, I'm available. God, I do want to know your best. Yeah, Jenny and I were talking the other morning, this, welcome, this, this, this willing heart thing really is like a welcoming thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, God, today I welcome your wisdom. I welcome your direction. I welcome mm -hmm. your mercy. And I want to leave my doors completely open to you so you yeah. can do that. So here, here's four quick verses we believe will help you as you read through the Proverbs, understanding the sovereignty of God. Now, that word sovereignty is something we don't use often, but think of it this way, the control or ownership yeah. of God. Like the creator of all life, the sustainer of all life, he is control of all things. So yes. you say, why would God let that happen? Many times we just don't have an answer for that. You know, but what we do know is this. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Hmm. Now, the, the picture there is is highlight determines. It doesn't say that God directs, although in another verse in Proverbs, God says that, but rather it says God determines our steps. Yeah. It's a strong word that speaks of God's control in every detail of the universe. Maybe you've heard this said, that man proposes, but God disposes. Hmm. And I look at that and I think to myself, you can make all the plans. In fact, you can have your life completely mapped out step yep. by step, but in the end, God determines every step you make. Yep. In Proverbs 16, 33, there's a, there, there's a message in there about rolling the dice. Back in the day, uh, in the first century, many people, especially Jewish farmers, not folks that were in higher leadership, yep. they would try to determine their direction in life by taking like a, a, a bag and they would have these big dice in it, hmm. you know, like, like four inches square. 
and they would put them in there and they had different colors on them. And literally they would toss those dice to try to figure out God's will. So when, when Solomon is writing this, he's writing it in that perspective. And he says, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. I mean, think about that. We throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. To paraphrase Forrest Gump, life is like a box of chocolates. But you know, it's not. Life is like a roll of the dice, but God's in charge of how the numbers come up. That's the, pers- that's the perspective of sovereignty. If we can, if we can rest in that sovereignty and, and not feel like we have to carry it, but we can know that it's his job, yep. his purpose is already to carry it. I mean, that's a huge weight. Yeah. Can I just point out that you're killing me? Here we are in fasting and you keep talking bo- box of chocolates, dessert at the restaurant. I'm dying over here. Sorry. I'm about to fall off the stool. I'll do your part. <laughs> Here's a third verse. Here's a third verse. And I will say this. Uh, there's you know, it's kind of whiny. I know. God's still working on me. He's Good still working Lord. on me. If... <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 is a great third verse for us yeah. to think about as we're navigating all of this. Verse 21 says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Yeah. You can make plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. It's this reminder, and we talked about it last week, that we know things. God's given us minds. He wants us to think. He wants us to process. But in the end, God's the one that gets the last word. Yeah. God gets the last word in his timing, in his way. It's not always our way. It's not always our preference, but God will get his way. And so God's the one that gets the last word, Proverbs yeah. nineteen twenty one. Then the last uh, verse I'll give you is Proverbs 20, verse 24. Proverbs 20, verse 24, it says, the Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the mm-hmm. way? And so it doesn't matter how bright we are. It doesn't matter how much ability we have. It doesn't matter what our position is or our title is. In the end, we still don't know it all. Right. I think about my own life. I look at, there's a lot of things that I've done to try to grow as a person and grow as a follower of Christ. And yet just thinking about it on the right end this morning, there's a lot I don't understand. There's a lot I don't know. And so we have to trust that God knows the big picture, that God sees it all. God sees more than we see. So we need to rely on him. Yeah. And what I find fascinating is how the sovereignty of God has the ability to individually, for every person in this room and folks watching online, folks that came at 9.30, kiddos down, God has the unique supernatural ability to somehow understand every facet in your life, and he cares about every facet of your life yeah. and everybody else that you could imagine. Now, I don't, I don't claim to understand how he does it, yeah. but I have seen it firsthand. Yeah. I've seen him at work in Jenny's life. I've seen him in my life. I've seen him at work in your life. And only God can see that big picture, like yep. you said, especially ours. So I want to give you a a rule that I think is really critical for our walk and trying to figure out how to walk with God. And the first rule of the spiritual life, and this is one that we've got to hang on to, is he is God and we are not. He is God, we are not. And you know, isn't that a good thing? If I were God to think of the stuff I would zap, you know, I mean, I'd be horrible God. You know why I'm selfish? I'm human. But uh, in this purpose of he is God and we are not, when we forget that rule, we think that we're in control of our own life and that everything depends on us. Right. Uh, I've done that in my life. Yeah. 
And, and I've had seasons in my life when I was sharing with uh, this fellow between hours that, that wants to get baptized and follow Christ, he, he started telling me a story and I thought, man, oh man, you've had some tough seasons. Mm. It was like he would do okay and then hit a chasm and then he'd do okay. I mean, just looking at the balance of his light looked like an EKG and it was yeah. just up and down. And I thought, I've been there. And every time I've been there, I've been there because I forgot that he is God and I am not. And I took all of that weight on me. Hmm. I can remember in the lean days earlier here at Sugar Hill, where literally I would be praying at night, wondering how are we going to make payroll? Yeah. I mean, we've come so far. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. But, but I remember doing that. And when I would, what a relief to realize that God is God and I am not. Hmm. Corey Ten Boom, uh, who is just was incredible, incredible storyteller. And when I think about how she lived in that attic, to, you know, it's just crazy, get away from the Nazis. She couldn't sleep one night, she tried to pray one night. And so finally the Lord said to her, go to sleep, Corey, I'm gonna be up all night anyway. I like that. Isn't that great? Yep. I mean, it's like Psalm 121, we have a God who never slumbers, who mm. never sleeps, and you can leave everything you want on the nightstand and he'll take it, not, not the tooth fairy, he'll take it. And he'll take it and I believe when we put these principles into place, it makes such a difference. Four simple principles that can help you as you seek to do God's will in your best year. Number one, use all of your intelligence to make wise decisions. This is part of God's plan for our life that I think we Christians, I, I think sometimes we just throw it away. It's like, okay, I'm gonna trust in God, so I'm not gonna use my brain. But watch this, God gave you this incredible computer locked inside your mind mm -hmm. And he wants to constantly renew that mind. There's an engine where the spirit of God is saying, I want, to, I want your mind to be new. I want it to be refreshed. I want it to be bright because I want you to make wise decisions. Proverbs 3, 5 says, don't lean on your own understanding, but that doesn't mean to throw your brain away either. Yeah. I mean, it simply means that after doing all your research on some given decision, submit it to God and ask for his help. Hmm. God doesn't want you to park your brain. God doesn't want you to take the word of a preacher or a priest, but to take his. Yep. And so I look at this and I think, what a great principle. Once you build this into your life, you will discover that God gave us a brain and he wants you to use it. I love that. I love that. Make wise decisions. Principle number two, if you're a note taker, is this. Since you can't know the future, you'll rarely have 100% certainty about most decisions. Yeah. Since you don't know the future, you'll rarely have 100% certainty. And the reason why... We wanted to, to emphasize this today is because God doesn't want you to be paralyzed by that, right. but instead he wants you to move forward regardless. One way to think about it is if there's something God's placed on your heart to do, don't wait until you're 100% certain, still do it scared. Right. See, in scripture, you rarely see somebody know 100% that this is what God wants me to do. Think about Adam and think about Eve and what God gave them as marching orders. Think about Noah. Do you think Noah fully understood what an ark was gonna be and that floods were coming? No, but he still built it anyway. Or you think about Abraham, when God says, I want you to leave everything you know and go to the place I'm gonna show you. God didn't give him a map. He didn't give him a GPS. He didn't give him a wife that says you should have turned back there. He... I wish I had a thoughtful rock with me right now. <laughs> 
Instead, he still went regardless. Think about Moses. Moses didn't understand what's going to happen when he stands before Pharaoh and that one right. day God was going to use him to part the Red Sea. And yet he still went. I mean, you go throughout all the Old Testament. You see people like Joshua and the wall of Jericho. You see Daniel in the book of Daniel. You see his friends. Yeah. Uh, you see people even like David. God says, here's something you're meant to do. You're anointed to be the next king. And yet he doesn't understand. And yet he still says yes. Yeah. So we don't need to wait for certainty. We need to take the next step, even when we're scared, even when yeah. we don't know what's coming. You know, I think that is like faith 101. Yeah. I, I believe that what, what the Lord wants me to do and then step into that. I mean, it's like, like you're talking about Joshua and Joshua is about to inherit the, uh, the promised land. Yeah. And all of the people have gathered and it's high water season and the river is flowing and there's no way to go across. But They've gone all these 40 years. They're finally here. Yep. And, uh, and the Lord tells Joshua to tell the priest to take the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and step into the river. Now, if, I, if I'm one of those guys and I'm carrying gold, I'm thinking to myself, me and these other dudes, we are about to die. Yep. And Joshua says, put your foot hmm. in the water. And the minute they did, God stopped the river and they all walked across on dry land. Love that. I think oftentimes we know exactly what God wants us to do. We just tend to internally determine, I can't do that. And we don't trust God in that one step. But if we take one step, God might propel you a hundred more because he's looking for people that have willing hearts. Yeah, all those folks you mentioned, Bobby, because they kept on believing when circumstances turned against them, they received a great reward. Now, do we think that those guys carrying the Ark of the Covenant, do we think 100% in their heart is like, when I put my foot in that water, I guarantee it's going to dry up. Right. I guarantee they were scared to death. Yep. I've had seasons in my life where I was simply scared to death. But one step, God honors. Principle number three, God wants guidable people. I think this is one of the most wonderful words. We know what it means to be teachable. You know, we know what it is to, to be teachable, to become a better leader, become a better husband, become a better wife, whatever, all those things. But guidable people who will trust him with the details of life. Yeah. I mean, this is in the minutia of Monday through Saturday. It's easy on Sunday to say, I trust God that I believe I ought to go to church and try to get my life right. Or you might have said, I'm not really a religious person, but I'm showing up to do church because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think God is looking for guidable people who will trust him with the details in life, not just the show of religiousness. I'm going to say that again because that would have been a really good time for an amen. God wants guidable people not folks that want to show a religiousness in their life. That was a pitiful amen. 9.30 totally blew y'all away. That is, that's a shame. Guidable people, we're gonna, we're gonna do it until we get it right. Guidable people, not folks who are looking for a religious show. Amen. Where you been all morning? That's good. That's good. So let me share a secret with you. I believe this is a big deal if we could grab guidable people always receive guidance from God. Yeah. Now grab hold of that yeah. one. If, you, if you're going to take a picture, take that one and post it. Guidable people always receive guidance, always. And you know why? The Lord is looking for guidable people. Love that. So one of the questions then, as you think about applying that is, am I guidable? Yeah. Am I a guidable believer? Am I somebody that is open? And 
And if you're wrestling that, there's two simple prayers I would encourage you to pray. The first one is this, Lord, let your will be done inside of me, even if it means my own will won't be done. Yeah. God, let me say that again. God, let your will be done in me, even if it means my preferences, my design, my, my desire doesn't get done. And then the second prayer is, God, right now, I'm not even sure I want to do what your will is. Right. Because sometimes I see that and I talk to people that are in that spot as they know what God's will is, but really they're enjoying their way of doing it too much for now. Now there'll be a day that life happens and they come back, but this prayer says, God, would you do it inside of me even when I don't even know if I want it or what it means in my life, do whatever's necessary to change my heart, change my heart to want to do it. This concept of wanting to do it, it, I think it falls on deaf ears because we have a stock market that's climbing over 29,000 yeah. and the, we got the lowest unemployment rate and all those things. So when, when we're affluent, it's like, but God, I'm doing good. I don't yeah. really need you. But I promise you when the crash comes, whenever it is, yep. it'll be right back there. So why not go ahead and build that relationship and trust and understand his voice now Absolutely. so that when it does crash, crash, you've kind of already figured it out that you can count on him. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a really, really big deal. I, Let me ask you this question. I, we didn't do this at 9.30, but uh, you, do you ever have a time where in your prayers, you, you, you literally ask God for a want to want him? Hmm. Have you ever had to do that? Yeah. I did I, that this week. It was like, I, I was busy. I was running behind. I had things to do. I was yeah. tired. I didn't feel good. And literally my prayer was, God, I want to want your will. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, he answered that prayer. I, I was thinking about James chapter four, draw near to yeah, God and he right. will draw near to you. How and good is that? That's powerful. Yeah. It's this concept of, I can tell you right now how much God you have. Yeah. And, and I, I'm perfectly, I can tell you exactly how much God you've got. And here's how I can do that. I can, I can tell you with certainty, you can have all of it you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly the answer is, are you willing to let God take care of all these details? Because life is a mysterious journey full of unexpected twists and turns and relationships and challenges. But listen, but there's one who knows the way because the past, the present, and the future are all the same to him. Hmm. This is, I think, the beautiful part yeah. that somewhere in here, he promised to direct your path and he will do it and you can count on him. Absolutely. I, uh, again, we did do this 9.30, so we're, none of this is scripted. Uh, what, if you had one thing that you could say to people online and folks in a room today, and if they're struggling with trying to figure out, what, what do you think God really wants me to do? Does he want me to move here? Does he want me to take that job? Does he want, does he want me to be in that relationship? Does he want me to be out of that relationship? Yep. If there's one piece of advice, you can only give one, what would it be? Yeah. That's a great question. I'm sorry I sprung it on you. No, that's good. And it's a great question because I think so many people wrestle with those kind of things. What's the exact thing? And honestly, if it doesn't violate anything in scripture, if there's no red flags about it, honestly, I think sometimes God gives us the choice to say, what do you want to do? Yeah, I do too. What do you want to do? Because I I really believe when you see it in scripture, um, God gives us options. Yeah. And I think sometimes when people, they get so paralyzed 
so afraid that they're going to make the, the wrong decision yeah. that they miss out on what could be. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why I love being plugged into small groups is because you have other people totally. around yeah. you that are on the same journey, yeah. wanting the same yeah. thing. And so you're able to use them as a sounding board. Yeah. What does God's word say? Do I right. have a peace in my spirit? And what do other godly people yeah. say? And honestly, when those three things line up in my yeah. life, I'm like, man, that's, that's so a good. green, green we light. We should have done that at 930. That's good. Uh, <laughs> you know, but... I, Lining up like that, being in a group, one of the things I think is great about it is you're in an environment where you can stop and have that Q&A time. Just be honest. I've never led a group where you didn't have an opportunity to just talk about it. Yep. And I find that the Lord is so faithful that when, when we seek wisdom from him, he pours it out Absolutely. in abundance. And so There's he one knows last, that. One last principle I wanted to yeah, jot down yeah, yeah. real quick. Here's the fourth principle. When the time comes, make the best decision you can. Yeah and leave the results to God. Well, that's Make tough. the best decision you can and leave the results to God. Yeah. Sometimes we get so concerned, what's the result gonna be? And God's right. like, no, that's not my part of the job. Yeah. My part of the job or our part of the job is to do the best we can. Right. God's part of the job is whatever the result is. Yeah, if you took the Joshua thing, our part is put a foot in the water. Yep. God's job is to stop it. That's right. It's like, if you're looking for a new job, you're looking for where, where you're gonna move or what, those kind of things, it's like, okay, I may not be 100% sure, but in my heart, I believe God's tugging this way. Put one foot in the water and watch what he does. That's right. And that, I mean, that good, uh, that would be my advice, which is put, act on it and see what God does. Because if you act in the wrong way, I promise you, you'll know instantly. You step in the right way, here's what I know, you'll know instantly, but you gotta take the step. You gotta get in the water. He will do it, you can count on him. That's right. Uh, you got any other words of wisdom? Well, I think one of the stories we shared in the first hour that was super helpful is Dallas Willard, who wrote the book that your group's gonna be doing and we have in the store, The Life Without Lack. Uh, he was a famous conference speaker and there's yeah. a pastor that attended one of those conferences and he heard him speak. And after the conference was over, this pastor was so affected by the talk that he wrote mm. a letter to Dallas Willard. And in this letter, he just expressed his gratitude and what he took away from it. And he mailed it off and surprising to him a couple of weeks later, he got a return letter from Dallas Willard. He didn't expect it. What? Yeah. Wow, this guy took time to so write it He's kind of back. a big deal. It's a big deal. So this struck up sort of a long distance friendship. And so they would occasionally swap letters. Well, this pastor guy that had heard him speak eventually went through a hard season. And all of us have been there, right? We're going into it, coming out of it, or you're in the middle of it now. Yeah. There's gonna be a hard season. And so he wrote a letter to Dallas, just mapping out the whole thing. And he, he went page after page after page. He put the names of people that, in his church that were hurting him, the, the problems that were going on. He wanted every detail in there so Dallas could read it, discern it, all of this kind of stuff. And I think somewhere along the way, he probably realized this letter is getting too long. Yeah, We've yeah. all gotten those emails, right, that are just too long. Uh -huh. You my, get past about four sentences, I'm done. My team's learned. Bobby's not going to read that long anymore. No. Put the bullets up front, right? So, And if I, you put an emoji in it, that's an instant delete. Is it? Yeah. It's like, come on, people. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. We'll pray for you. But anyway, so he writes this epistle, sends it off, and after he sends it, he has that awkward feeling. You've had yeah. that before. Maybe I put myself yeah. out there too much. Maybe I shouldn't have said all that. Yeah. And then days, then weeks, and then maybe a couple months go by, yeah. and there's no response. He's like, great, I just burned this really friendship. Really mess that up, yeah. Then finally, after he'd forgotten about it, he gets an envelope in the mail, and it was real thin. Remember, the letter he sent was giant, yeah. and he gets this real thin note back. He had detailed all the stuff, all the drama, all the people, and the response from Dallas was this, and I have it in my notes so I get it right. Dallas writes him back and says, dear friend, thank you for writing. 
I think you should get up every day and do whatever you believe God wants you to do. Wow. And not worry so much about what other people think. In Christ, Dallas Willard. And I just think, think, think wow. what a great example, because oftentimes we worry, 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 what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen? What about this, this, this? What about this bill? But you don't understand. You're talking about yeah. knowing God's will and I've got all this junk going on. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's just simplify it to this thing. Get up every day yeah. and do what God wants you to do and then trust him yeah. with the rest of it. Don't worry about everybody else. Don't worry about all the possibilities of what could go right, wrong. Right. Just trust step him, in trust water. him, trust him, just yeah. do it. Get up and step in the water. Yeah. So as a close today, I wanna give you just a handful of one word phrases that might help you in, in, in walking with the Lord this week and discovering his will for your life. Number one, you got to take a time to stop. Yeah. I mean, quietude and solitude, even if it's two minutes, you got to stop. And I know that's hard for, for most of us because we're activity driven, but you got to stop. When you stop, you got to speak up. You got to speak to the Lord. And I mean, if, if you're a man and you struggle in your prayer life, which by the way, statistics say more than 90% of you struggle with your prayer life. If you're a man and you're struggling with this concept of prayer, speak up and speak out loud to the Lord. Get in your truck, get in your car, wherever you're at, talk out loud to the Lord. I promise you, it'll change your prayer life forever. God, today, I need your wisdom and I don't really know how to pray. I'm not good at this, but God, would you just do something very cool in my life today? Speak up. Number three, stop and listen. Listen, prayer is designed to be a two-way dialogue. You get to talk to the Lord. You get to throw everything you've got at the Lord, but then you got to stop and hear what he has to say. I mean, this weekday meditation we don't do so we can have an email list is so that people can know to stop and listen, quietude and solitude. But then you gotta act on it. Yeah. I mean, you gotta put your foot in the water. If you're here with no faith at all, you gotta put faith in your, you gotta put your feet in the water. If you've been saved, you've been here for 50 years, you gotta put your foot in the water. You gotta act on it because God has got the details. He's got you, he wants you. Number five, you gotta trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I, I look at that and think, there's nothing like trusting on the Lord. And I use this all the time, so forgive me. But it's like I walk into God's den and it's well-worn pine floors. And God's sitting in this big oversized chair right by the fireplace. And he sees me and it's, this light comes on his face. And, and I, I run as best I can to get to him. And when I get there, I just take a flying leap into the arms of God. And I trust him because he's gonna catch me. And he's gonna say, it's so good to be with you, my kid. I love you, man. You're so weird, but I love you. Then confirm that. And walk with people who trust God. Talk with people who trust God. Hang out with folks who talk openly about God. Listen, here's a promise that we say, it's a principle and it guides, it guides a lot of what our church is. When you openly speak on the things of God, God does cool stuff. And then finally, repeat one through six. It's not a checkbox, it's a continual circle. If you're here today, and man, you know Jesus and you've been settled with your heart that forever, but man, you haven't done anything for Christ, you haven't acted on it, man, you just show up at 11 o'clock and do your thing for an hour and that's kind of like tipping God. Yeah, here's 20%, whatever. What I'd say to you is, man, act on this. Stop, speak up, listen, act, and trust. Maybe you're here today like about eight or nine folks at 9.30 and you say, I mean, I wanna trust, I wanna trust God. I wanna ask God to come in my life. I wanna be able to do this. I wanna receive this kind of direction. And, and it's so simple. He, he's got this cool plan that he says, I love you. 
I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what you did this morning or last night. Right now, in this moment, Jesus says, here's the plan. Call on my name. Just call on the Lord. He, he doesn't need you to walk an aisle. He doesn't need you to talk to a pastor. You don't need to meet a priest. You, you don't have to join a church. You don't have to become a part of a denomination. You simply call on the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you say, man, I, that's what I need to do. You say, I, I don't know what call on the Lord is, man. That's just foreign to me. Call on the Lord sounds just like this. Matter of fact, say it out loud with me. I mean, around here, man, we don't do that. Close your eyes, nobody see and all that stuff. We celebrate folks. I mean, right. go big, you know, it's like pray big, trust big, watch God do big things. I mean, I, I believe in it. Yeah. Amen. So I, if today you want to call on the Lord, you can just say it out loud. Bobby will do this part to help guide you. Jesus, please forgive me. Jesus, please forgive me. Say it with me. Come into my life and be my savior. Come into my life and be my savior. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. And raising from the dead for me. And raising for the dead for me. And creating a home in heaven for me. And creating a home in heaven for me. I want to turn my life around. I want to turn my life around. I want to live for Jesus. I want to live for Jesus. Friend, if that is your prayer, whether you thought you were saved 20 years ago or you're brand new to faith or you're not sure. Man, with eyes wide open and everybody watching, if you'd say, man, that prayer's for me, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Go ahead. All it takes is one person. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Amen. Yeah. How cool. How cool. Stop, speak up, listen, act, trust, confirm and repeat. Austin, let's, let's do it. Y'all come on, let's, let's sing our way before we head out. Come on, y'all. I love this song. Sing it loud. Bless the Lord of my soul. Oh, my soul. Come on, church. Worship His holy Start over again, Austin. Come on, church. Start over again. Come on. Sing like never before. Come on, church. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. Come on, church. Sing it. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Come on, church. Oh, my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name, Lord, I worship your holy name. So today when you leave here, that Jesus we talked about, let him go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. You know why? That's what he does. And he can't wait to do it for you. I mean, he can't wait. Let him go within you. Bring you peace and joy and fulfillment and contentment. You know why? Because he is always good. And I love this part. And you are always loved. Amen. And let him come beside you when the world is beating you up and you think there's nowhere to go. And God, I just need you to do something for me. Hop on his back and wrap your arms around his big broad shoulders 
because he's not going to take you around your mess. He came to walk through it with you. Only so he could set you down victoriously on your two feet. Wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead. And wrap his arms around you because he loves you. And you say, my child, say it with me. I love you. Come on, let's do it again. My child, I love you. Come on, one more. My child, I love you. Yeah, he does. God bless you. Go in peace.